Welcome to the Breath Pack Podcast with your host, Rachel Pitts, where high performers hang out to discover ways to optimize their human experience. Joe Hippensteel, a master in physiokinesiology, focuses on ultimate human performance at the highest levels. He spent many years training for the decathlon at a national level. Due to his small size, his accomplishments were developed through extremely hard work and creative, extremely advanced methods of training over a 30-year period in order to compete with the taller, stronger, bigger athletes. The 10 events in track and field contested over two days is considered one of the most grueling of all sports because of the diversity of skills needed, and it's extremely difficult to train for, as you can imagine. Although he didn't reach his goal of making an Olympic team, he developed many creative and intense training methods that allowed him to improve his performance and reach a national level. His education emphasized exercise, physiology, kinesiology, and biology. He received all-American status in university, Division I competition, and received the Scholar-Athlete Award from CSU Fresno in his senior year. He also researched and studied the powers of the mind for decades and is certified as a master hypnotist by two national organizations. After pulling a hamstring right before two different Olympic trial competitions, Joe dedicated himself to overcoming these problems that almost all athletes face sometime in their careers. He had over a hundred injuries in a 30-year period of training. Many medical professionals recommended surgery for some of these irreparable injuries. I felt there had to be a better way and I was on a mission to figure it out through more advanced and creative training methods, says Joe. He has mastered and learned to integrate all areas of training and methods of ultimate human performance. By transferring his knowledge and experience to regular clients and athletes he now works with, performance improvements are fast and constant. Athletes under his programs continue to improve every year in virtually every area of performance. Ultimate human performance has always been the goal, and knowledge and integration of all aspects of performance are his strong points. We're so excited to have Joe Hibbensteel on the show today. Welcome to the Breath Pack Podcast. I'm so happy to have Mr. Joe Hippensteel here with me today of Ultimate Human Performance. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be with you, Rachel. I just adore Joe and what he has done for me. And we'll talk all about that here today. And maybe you will take away some nuggets that you can utilize as well as perhaps look into working with Joe in some capacity because there's lots of options. I heard about Joe Hip and Steel the first time I read David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. And the first time I listened to it, it, it struck me that whole story. If you have not read J David's book, it is super good. And what he talks about is there was a, a time in his life where he was thought he was dying and the doctors couldn't figure out what what was going on. And he what he needed to do was stretch. And he remembered Joe coming to see him and the Navy SEALs to talk about stretching. And at the time, it didn't really resonate. And he started working with Joe to release some of the tension that he had in his body. And so when I was competing in bikini division, I switched out of bikini division into fitness division and bodybuilding. And I could barely like touch my toes because I had worked so hard on <laughs> strengthening my glutes and hamstrings. I was super locked up and it was not, it was just didn't feel right in my body because I've been a dancer my whole life. And so 
I looked up Joe Hippensteel and I thought, there's no way I'll be able to find this guy. He must be so high level that I'll never be able to attain that. Well, don't think that you cannot attain elite trainers out there because Joe was there for me. Joe worked with me virtually. We had a couple of sessions together and he put together a program for me to train with to regain my mobility. And I was adamant about it. I did his program twice a day for probably like three months to get my mobility back. And I still utilize this program. And I just am so grateful for what he did for me in the mobility department. I guess I will start with, tell me about, I know you were a decathlete. So let's start with that. Tell us about your athletics because a decathlon is like pretty hardcore. So I'm sure people would be interested to hear that. Yeah, well, thank you for all that, Rachel. I'm a small guy and I wanted to compete in the Olympics and the decathlon was the most challenging, hardest sport to train for in track and field. It's all 10 events for those of you who don't know, but to do the hurdles, discus, pole wall, javelin, sprints, there, there's 10 events that over a two day period that it tests everything and you better have it together or you just can't make it to that, those high levels. And being a smaller guy, I'm five, eight, I competed against most world-class guys are like six, two, six, three. In fact, the guy who just won the world championship last week is six, eight. So for me to high jump against him, even though we throw that shot put against him or hurdles, sprints, it's just so much easier when you're bigger and faster and stronger. So I just had this mission that I wanted to try and conquer this all around event and try and make the Olympic level, which took many years, actually decades of training to try and figure out how to overcome my we'll say shortness or the lack of genetics that it would normally take to get to that level. And so I just kept training, training and had tremendous results in the way of theorizing different ways of training and then trying to execute them. And then I, and I learned from each one of the different theories that people have never done before, like wearing a weighted vest for seven months, never took it off. So I could weigh 200 pounds. Then I'd get used to weighing two, I could shed 40 pounds before a track meet. So if Theories like that and different uphill running, downhill running weights, I got to a point where my last theory became what I call the kangaroo theory, where I had to build my lower body to be massive out of proportion to my upper body, even though I had a strong upper body. So the whole thing came down to figuring out how to out-train everybody. And because of that, we now teach advanced training methods. When I worked with Dave Goggins and I worked with the Navy SEALs, Dave was just overtrained as most. Navy SEALs are and a lot of athletes and like yourself, I know that you had worked so hard to, to build the muscle and it just creates so much tension that you, sometimes you, you can't find your way out of it. So what we did was we set up a program that details every part of the body and make sure that whether it's migraine headaches or plantar fasciitis, all the way from the top down, every part of the body, we can release tension and therefore release all these medical terms that they use, arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis holding this uh, tennis elbow, doesn't matter, sciatica, all those things are just another word for tension. So we figured out a system and a program that overcomes all of that and allows athletes to perform as well as people who aren't athletes who sit at a computer all day and they have neck problems and shoulder problems. And it's really a matter of getting the, the body to work better again, like when you were young. When you're young, you have total mobility and nothing hurts. So it's when we start the doctors call it aging. I call it building tension. So that's the short form. Yeah. And we will get to my take on what you taught me in a sec. Let's circle back to 
what you said about all this training that you did for the decathlon. Did you have people guiding you or was this all theories from your education that you came up with yourself? That, it, or did you have coaches leading you in that way? I'm sure you had coaches, but. Yeah, it's a combination, but mostly what I found was there's not enough coaches out there that are advanced enough. There's, look, there's major league baseball coaches, there's pitching coaches, there's football coaches, there's strength coaches, there's every different field, but it seems like they've missed, the missing link is flexibility. And that may sound very simplistic to, to talk about just stretching, but what we teach is much more than stretching. What we teach is a system of standards that your body has to reach in order to be tension-free, in order to function to full capacity. And again, whether you're an athlete or not a non-athlete, doesn't matter. Your body has to be able to move. There's certain ranges of motion that you have to have. And even in physical therapy, they don't understand ranges of motion. When I ask them, what range of motion should you have for shoulder extension, for example? In other words, your arm lifting up behind you. And they say, what do you mean? And I say, what do you mean? What, don't you have a standard? And they say, no, we have an average. Well, average doesn't mean anything. It's just like bench press. But what's the average? 150 pounds? Well, it, that doesn't mean you can't improve. So this became the missing link that through trial and error uh, over decades of training, yes, I had some hints from, from coaches like in, in the javelin. I had a Russian javelin coach who taught me basic idea of flexibility and some specifics for the javelin, but not for everything else. And so I had to just keep experimenting until I finally found it's like there's a neutral point. And when I finally, after having so much damage to my shoulder from throwing the shot with discus and javelin for years, I got to a point where I was hurting every day, all the time, 24 hours a day. And now I'm missing sleep and I'm training 10 hours a day. So I just kept hammering away at it until I figured out when I hit a certain range of motion, which is 120 degrees of shoulder extension, when I did hit 120, my shoulder didn't hurt anymore. I'm like, but I know I have torn rotator cut. I know I have a torn labrum. I know I have shredded tendons. But my pain went away because what I found was the main shoulder injury that's worldwide is bicep tendonitis. Now, mm -hmm. that seems so simplistic and doctors know the term, physical therapists know the term, but they don't know what to do for it. So unless you stretch your shoulders behind you with your arms straight to 120 degrees, you will have bicep tendonitis and your whole shoulder will hurt. And the doctor will go in and do surgery and give you injections and all this stuff. And the bottom line is, it's not going to fix the problem. <laughs> so to, to answer your question, through experimentation, and I had over 40 coaches. I just kept seeking out the best coach in each event. So I traveled all over the United States, all over, even in Canada, um, to try to find the best coaches. And I'd pick up little hints here and there. But the main thing was putting the whole thing together was what became the art of, of what I do and what I teach now. Definitely. As you were talking, I'm thinking, yeah, I guess it's hard to find someone who can be a master of all 10 events unless they are you that is has become a master of all 10 events. So interesting. And I will touch on the fact that what Joe mentioned is that his system and when you learn, and what I really liked was that Joe was focused on what I needed. So what he tailored to me was what I needed most at that time. And it's such a simple yet not easy, simple process that anyone can do. Anyone. There's nothing, there's no like crazy acrobatics type of thing. It's just the ways that the body should actually move. And and it was very revealing to me when Joe was demonstrating for me that 
I wasn't even meeting what should be the standard. And I could feel it because just putting my legs in a crisscross applesauce, we call it in the dance world where you sit down cross-legged and lean forward and it would just kill my left hip for the longest time. And to be able to sit in that position, we should be able to do it. We should be able to move in this way. And I definitely subscribe to what you're saying about the fact that it, it is just built up tension in different ways for people. And you don't have to be an athlete to to feel this way, because I think we all can agree that there's a an epidemic across especially America and the whole world of just being stuck in a computer, being stuck in your phone, driving, sitting, not moving. And the human body is meant to move. Yeah, you're definitely right on. What you achieved when you started the program, I remember it was a challenge for you. As athletic as you are, as, as much as you have your different types of athletics in your background, you've done a phenomenal job, but taking the responsibility of building that foundation, that's what it's about. You have to have a foundation of flexibility or everything else you do is going to be unsuccessful. Whether it's professional athletes or sitting at a computer, it doesn't matter. You're building tension. And if you don't have that foundation and these ranges of motion, you will hurt. And then the doctors will put labels on you. And then it's just, it's an ongoing problem for the rest of your life with having those labels. But by releasing the tension, achieving the foundational stretches, uh, the, the positions that we do is just the beginning of what we teach, which is advanced training methods. But without the foundation, you can't do anything else. So kudos to you. You did phenomenal work. The work we're doing with professional athletes, Navy SEALs, and, and even just the regular person who sits at a computer all day or an inactive lifestyle, and then they try and be a weekend warrior by running marathon. It's essential that everyone understands you've got to have a foundation of a standard for range of motion. No one else has a standard. So that's the building block that, that we start with. I love it. And one thing that I hear people talk about a lot, especially when I used to train folks, I'm mostly training myself right now, is that, oh, I'm not flexible. Well, I know that you probably hear that a lot too. And I would offer that I see flexibility and mobility as the same as building strength, building endurance. You have to work at it. You have to work at it in the same manner. You wouldn't walk into the gym if you hadn't trained, if you've been off for a year due to an injury. You wouldn't walk in the gym and start bench pressing 300 pounds out the gate. You have to start just with the bar or just with some five pound weights and work your way up. And I find that it's, I found, especially working your program, it's the same thing. You have to just start where you're at and then be consistent and you'll see progress over time. Yeah, you have to build on it. And what I find interesting and alarming at the same time is professional athletes are trained by professional coaches and strength coaches and technique coaches and athletic trainers and people with high degrees, high credentials. There's a, I don't know the exact number, but I'm, I, I think the guesstimate is around 70% of all professional athletes retire because of pain or injury. Now, if they're the best and they're trained at the highest level, and 70% of them are failing to continue that body in motion, we've got a problem. So they're the ones who, once they retire, they should retire healthy and be able to go out and teach other people how to keep their body healthy, not just see how much you bench press or squat. So it's a matter of understanding the entire system. But again, it's based on the foundation of got to have standards for range of motion. Otherwise, good luck. Definitely. 
One thing I remember being sort of surprised about when you started teaching me your methods is to just practice stillness. So like the program that I was prescribed, if you will, is I would do sit in this stretch particular position and relax into it for a certain amount of time and then lay flat for a certain amount of time. And Joe explained that I'd feel the blood flowing to the parts that I was targeting. And it was absolutely true. And for me, being super type A, like high-performing athlete, the concept of stopping and being still was a eye-opener. And I know there's somebody out there that needs to hear this, but less is more sometimes. (laughs) Harder, like smarter, not harder. Harder is not always better. Yeah, it has to be a balance. And one of the myths that's out there is that trainers are saying, don't do static stretching before your workout because it inactivates muscle fibers. I'm here to say that's wrong. Every trainer in the world is going to fight me on this one, but I'm telling you, eventually they will do what we do because what we do works. Bottom line is you're not inactivating muscle fiber when you do static stretching. What you're doing is you're activating lock muscle fiber, but then there's a second step, which is called the dead zone. Where, where you said we relax for one minute between stretches. We'll hold in the, what we call the building phase. If you try to build flexibility over a period of weeks or months, we'll, we'll spend two minutes in a position, holding, relaxing, never going past the seven in pain so your body can slowly adapt. And then we take a one minute dead zone afterwards for the blood flow. So the blood flow is what then brings in the calcium, magnesium and the, and the needed chemistry for the muscles to function. So what we're doing is unlocking them first. And then we feed them and we unlock them. Then we feed them multiple repetitions. Then we go in an exact order, step-by-step step on to, to, to open up the layers of the body uh, in an exact step-by-step um, step progression so that we're, we're progressing to the point where once we get the spine open, once we get the core of the body open, the extremities will open, the arms will open, the legs will open as far as flexibility. So what we're trying to do is we have a cyst. It's not just a bunch of different stretches. In a yoga class, for example, they're doing some great work for the 20% of the population that is naturally flexible. But the other 80%, good luck, not going to happen. So it's not a matter of just a bunch of random stretches by someone who's very flexible who doesn't really understand what the other 80% are going to. It's a matter of there has to be a system. And you've got to do step-by-step in a progression in order and, and do it with the nuances of Two minutes on, one minute off. Two minutes on, one minute off in what we call the building phase to get to the maintenance phase where then it's only 15 minutes a day. That's the goal for everybody. But you got to build flexibility to get there just like building endurance or strength. You have to build to get to that foundational level. Then it's maintenance from then on. Then it becomes almost fun. And it's like when you skip a day of stretching, you feel like I need to go stretch. I want to go stretch, not just I have to go stretch. Yeah, definitely. I 100% am a walking billboard for that because the in the beginning when I learned my particular series, it was just torture. It was absolute torture. And I think there's people probably listening that can relate to the fact that any stretching feels like torture. And that's just a signal that you need it. And now all those stretches, they are, they're just, they feel so good and I wish I, I always wish I had more time to be in them where in the beginning I'd be like, how much more time is this? It's definitely the body wants to flow. It wants to feel free. It doesn't want to feel bound up that locked up like limit. I feel like 
that now I'm my limits are I'm limitless. They become limitless when you are able to be mobile. For sure. People think that I hear all the time, well, I'm just not very flexible. I'm not very disciplined. And they kind of laugh. And I'm like, it's not a funny genetic joke. <laughs> it's what you're doing in your lifestyle or in your training that's creating this tension that you've got to get back to the flow again. Like you said, when you had a, have a background of it as, as a dancer and or gymnastics or even in martial arts where they do a lot of flexibility work. And then through the years, it just kind of fades away. And then you start lifting weights and you start doing cardio and you're pumping and pumping. And the medical world has said, yeah, you got to do your cardio. You got to do your strength to keep your bones strong, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is you're building tension and forgetting about that. You have to maintain a foundation like when you were young. And so you discovered it. Fantastic work. Are your dedication sticking to it is what is what really people need to understand. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some commitment. But boy, is it worth it. Absolutely worth it. And you speak about children like kids can run and they just they can fall on the ground and just like not get hurt. And I think that's that's one of the big issues with people who are more mature that they'll have a perhaps a fall or even just kind of. And I had that happen to me after a marathon. I literally was taking the trash out and there was something, a bug or like an animal that startled me. And I sort of hopped backwards, snapped my, like something snapped in my ankle and it's because of tension. And I knew it was there because I knew that calf was bugging me through all my training. But of course I'm just pushing and pushing. And that's generally what I'm not a medical professional, but I assume that's like what you're saying. There's tension and then it just, it breaks. It can't help it. If you don't like practice letting that mobility happen. A quick message from our beloved sponsor, Truvidity Labs. Truvidity Labs is a premium nutritional supplement company that helps people optimize their health, wellness, and performance. Their products are developed by doctors and researchers with the highest quality ingredients and made right here in the USA. From pure protein powders with probiotics to therapeutic doses of natural, great-tasting electrolytes, your health is their number one priority. Visit TrividityLabs.com and use the code RACHEL10 to save. When muscles go beyond tight, they start locking up. We call that muscle lock. Everybody has muscle lock. Anywhere that you press on your body, whether it's muscles in your shoulder, your pecs, your back, your legs, if you have a sore spot, it's what we call muscle lock, where the fibers actually are, which is supposed to be opening, contracting, and, and releasing, they get stuck and they don't open anymore. There's 12 reasons why a muscle will lock, and there's phases and stages of how to get out of that, and that's what we teach. So it's, it, when, you, when your ankle went, it's, your muscles are already super tight in your calves and your tibialis anterior, the front of your shins, whatever, wherever, wherever those muscles were locked, it just takes one more feather on the camel's back and then it goes and it locks and that's it. And then you can't move. And then the doctors will call it arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, blah, 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 all those labels. And it's really muscle lock. So once we unhinge that, once we uh, unlock that by doing slow, steady, sustained static stretching, you get to the point where your maintenance where it's like now it can flow every day for 15 minutes. That's the goal. Yeah. And I definitely, I, I was thinking back as you're talking about some clients that I had when I was still doing some personal training that they would come in and tell me that they probably, yeah, I probably need to get a knee replacement. 
And literally I would do my stretches that I would do at the end, kind of like figure four stuff and just a few things for the hips and hamstrings. And lo and behold, like two weeks later, like, oh man, I don't have any pain anymore. So on a very small level, I've experienced that with people. So I, and just in myself of the big changes that I've gone from having that crazy flexibility in my ballet years to not being able to touch my toes to now I'm in my current bodybuilding routine that I'm about to hit the stage with this weekend. I like pull my leg up and hold it up by my face, like all the things. And most of all, my body just doesn't ache and hurt. I'm not just waking up with that pain that I used to, which is, I know there's people out there, anybody over 40 makes that kind of joke, like, oh, I just, watch out your knees and hips like everything hurts and it doesn't have to be so yeah medical world calls it aging i call it muscle lock i love it it's such a yeah let's debunk the myth of aging so let's talk about if someone let's take for example a high performing athlete who like myself who is struggling in some area and they come to you to work with you what does that process look like from your perspective okay so the first thing we do is we want to Greet them with some energy and let them know that they're making a good decision to try and go down this path. The second thing is what we call review. Well, one form of what we call a great relationship. So greeting and then review. We want to review what's going on with their body. What do they feel? How do they feel? Uh, when is it worse? When is it better? What are they doing for their activities? What's in their training or are they sitting on the computer all day or the inactive? So we analyze the training and then we get to the assessment part. When we assess, what we're doing is we're checking ranges of motion to see where you're deficient. If you're deficient in our standards, you have a dysfunction. You have a dysfunction, you have pain or injury. So in order to get rid of pain and injury, you have to get rid of the deficiency. But if you don't have a standard, there's no such thing as deficiency. In ours, we have a standard. So if you can't reach our standard, if you can't sit with your legs crossed, lean forward and put your head on the ground, you have a deficiency. Your hips are tight, your low back is tight, your groin is tight. So we have to start laying out a program then that step-by-step, they're going to be able to reach those standards. Once you reach the standards, we add in the other training. Sometimes we'll get people that, that they call me up a few months later and they say, oh, my back still hurts and I've been doing your program for three months. And they say, okay, well, tell me about your program. What are you doing? Well, I'm biking five days a week. I'm lifting weights four days a week. I'm running three days a week. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay. How much are you stretching? Well, I stretched for 30 minutes, three times a week. I'm like, okay, do you understand the imbalance here? You got to keep that. You got to fight for that foundation and those standards. And if that means stop lifting weights, stop running, stop training for two weeks, whatever it takes, you're not going to lose muscle. You're not going to atrophy. You're only going to unlock fibers that you weren't currently using. So once you unlock them, now you're going to grow faster because you have more muscle fibers to grow. So that's the process. That's what we do is, is set it up so that we find their deficiency, get them to work on step by step. And once they work their way out of the, the corner that they're in, they can go back and do full training and, and, but always maintaining that foundation of flexibility. Yeah. And it definitely, you definitely want to put some major focus on it so that it can, so you can find your way. And I'll say too, that it doesn't take as long as somebody would think if you're consistent. It didn't take me as long as I thought it would. Even in the sessions initially with Joe, we would repeat the exercise like three times or repeat the position three times. And by the third time, I could tell a huge difference 
of that release and that relaxation of those particular um, muscle groups. So it it's not like it's in years of work. It's definitely takes focus and consistency over time. But I was really shocked at how quickly I saw a difference. Now, to get to back to where I wanted to be, that took months. But to feel that it was loosening and that I was a little more mobile was pretty quick. We, we tell people it's going to take somewhere between one and 100 hours to get to the maintenance phase. And for some people, if they have natural flexibility, it may be 10 hours. So spread over four days, five days, and their body's moving again. For some guys, for some people that are just not naturally flexible, which is 80% of the population, they're going to put in 20 hours, 50 hours, 100 hours. And if they do, their body changes. And when you reach that change, you can get to that maintenance level again, 15 minutes a day. That's the goal. So it's a matter of persistence, consistency, knowing that there's a, that there's a goal here, that there's a, a point where you've now reached and it's not the ongoing uh, hour and a half or two hours a day of stretching. It's, it gets shorter and shorter. You may get, get down to an hour a day. Then you get down to 30 minutes a day. And then the rewards are there. Because then you can train. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you maintain that foundation. Now, let's take somebody. Let's just take somebody that's maybe 50 years old that has either trained a lot their whole life or maybe not even. And they're just sort of stuck and they're curious, would this help somebody who's never, ever pursued stretching in their 50s, let's say? Yes, of course, because whether they're athletic or not, they're still creating tension by sitting at the computer or driving. Maybe the job is to drive a truck or whatever it is. And with people in their 70s and 80s doing these stretching routine, it may take a little bit longer to get there. But again, it's a matter of learning how to train, learning how to do step-by-step. And if you follow the plan, even if it takes a hundred hours spread over three months, fine. But then you get there, there's an end point. And then it's like, I've done it. I've achieved it. Now I can maintain. And so it's going to help everybody, whether it's a professional athlete, whether it's a Navy SEAL, whether it's someone who's inactive or a weekend warrior, it, you've got to have this foundation. Otherwise you're going to get the labels that the medical will puts on you. And I'm talking not just arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, bulging discs, talk of restless legs and we're talking fibromyalgia. All these things are signs of tension that your body wants to create some movement to get some blood flow. If you wake up at night and your legs are, are aching and your hips are aching low back, it's because the muscles aren't being sent. So when a muscle goes beyond tight and locks up, it's like a frozen state. And until you defrost that, you have very little blood flow going through there and you can't even inject blood into a frozen state. What, what you have to do, you've got to get the steak defrosted so you can move it. And I say this, and uh, one lady who was 80 years old said, well, I'm vegetarian. I said, okay, I meant frozen tofu. That's so funny. And I, I think it's important for people to hear this because I know, let's take someone who is about to become a grandfather, grandmother, and they aren't able to be super mobile um, because of their life up till then. And they're feeling some sadness and disappointment that they won't be able to get in the floor and play with their grandkids. Well, I think this is a solution for that too, that you can over, let's say your, your child is gets, their children are going to have a, a baby and you're like, okay, I got nine months to get this flexibility. I think it's just so, it's so profound, it can be profoundly changing from somebody that thinks they're going to miss out on that part of life. Yeah, for sure. It's a paradigm shift. And that's what we're trying to teach 
I'm working with professional athletes in many different sports and they're locked into what they've been doing for decades. And what the coaches who used to do the same thing, now they're trying to make progress with all their credentials and strength conditioning and all that. But again, it's the missing link. And I hear all the time from guys who actually accept the responsibility of learning this program now. It's like, oh, that's the missing link. That's why everybody's injured. That's why everybody hurts. And it's a matter of, it's not a disease, it's tension most of the time. So when we get them past that and they're willing to dedicate and commit to it, we have 9,000 people in over 52 countries right now stretching worldwide. So we're talking with people in Europe in the morning. We're talking with people on the other side of the, the, the world in Australia in late afternoon because it's the morning, the next morning there. We're talking with people everywhere and we get emails every day. We get texts every day that say, oh my God, it's life-changing. It's miraculous. It's <laughs> so it, you know, that's the reward for us. And we get great feedback every single day and just know that we've affected their life. We've affected a change. And I just want to keep going until everyone's doing it right. Right. I bet. So nice. Thank you for that little lovely segue to go into. You have a training program for people who that, and I'm super interested in this too, to be able to teach your methods. Tell us about that and how that works. Yeah. We do seminars all over in Europe, as well as Canada and United States and in our seminars, we teach people how to take care of themselves over a three-day period. So it's three to four hours of stretching on a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Then from, for the people who want to stay or people who want to get certified in what we do, they stay for an additional four days. So we teach them how to work on people, how to assess and how to treat the people, how to do trigger point work or tension release work on top of their flexibility to get them there faster. So the instructors we have, about a hundred instructors in seven countries and they're able to take client and first of all, read them, review their case and start assessing the ranges of motion. So here's where you're deficient. Here's why you're having that kind of pain. And then we lead them into right programs. So we certify people in, in our technique and we call it physiokinesiology. So we certify people that can now go out and run their own business or if you're, if they're personal trainers, they can add this to what they do. Or we have people, actually the people who do the best with this are the ones that don't have the background in physical therapy, personal training, them that are not poisoned by the lack of range of motion, the lack of flexibility and inactivating muscle fibers and all that. They're not poisoned by that. They just know that if you can't do this range of motion, you need to be able to do it. And once you do it, your tension's gone and your medical condition's gone most of the time. Yeah. And I think, like you said, that not saying that physical therapy and doctors are bad. they just have a different viewpoint, like the same way that doctors aren't trained in nutrition. They don't, they look at your symptoms and they go, oh, this is what it is. You need this pill or you need this surgery. And same thing, physical therapists are trained in a different way. And I think what it feels like in working with you, Joe, is it's more like, I want to be able to move and flow. And that's what we're looking for instead of like we're not broken, we're just locked up. And kind there is, yeah, that it's not, there's, there's solutions to get you back to where you once were rather than, oh, you're broken, we better fix you. Yeah, let me add to that. Great point. In physical therapy and in, even if it's chiropractic or some of the different modalities where they test you, let's say the opinion your right shoulder. So they test your right arm strength versus your left arm strength. So they may do some resistance just to see which one feels weaker. So normally the one that hurts is going to feel weaker. 
So immediately they think, okay, let's strengthen it. Well, most of the time we find it's not lack of strength. It's that it's pain from tension. So you're only using half your muscle fibers. Once we unlock them, it's stronger than the other side. So our kind of our motto is let's get the bad shoulder to be better than the good shoulder, make the good shoulder catch up. So it's really, it's a misconception and it's a paradigm shift to think if it's testing weaker, why is it testing weaker? Not necessarily because it's weaker. It's because it's locked and you can't use it. So if you unlock it and you get range of motion back, then this doesn't test weaker and, and then you solve the problem. And until physical therapy accepts that as a new paradigm shift or athletic trainers or chiropractic, they're going to be going down the wrong road. And my goal is for everyone to understand there has to be a standard, there has to be this paradigm shift in order to get rid of all these medical conditions. Yeah, and especially like when they kind of quote fix you and then you're like, oh, I'm fixed and then go back and keep continue to do the same things. Right. And then boom, you're right back where you, did, you started from. How right. many people can relate to that? I'm sure. Talk to me about your book. I know there's a book coming out very shortly. Yeah, for sure. It looks like around October will be uh, published and it's going to be called The Joe Hip and Steel Method. I originally thought that would be a little bit too egotistical, but people said, oh, it's your method. That's what you got to do. <laughs> but what the book teaches is we're trying to walk people through the paradigm shift. And that is that you're not necessarily weaker. You're not necessarily confined to these medical conditions for the rest of your life. The book is really to open people's minds and start the conversation and then show some of the techniques of what we do on how to get there to release all this stuff that's in their head. There was a point where every human thought the world is wet and a few charlatans said, no, it's not. <laughs> and it just took time and effort and paradigm shift for people to understand, oh, yeah, it's not really flat, it's round. And so we can not have those limits. We can keep going, we can keep exploring. And what we're trying to do with the book is teach the paradigm shift, bust the myths that are out there. Like the way started searching for a workout is inactivates the muscle fibers. Not true. When a trainer gives you a roller and a foam roller and says, here, go stretch after you work out. That's not stretching. That's a massage. And, and until they understand the difference, we have to blow those myths out and teach people the right way to do it. What I'm saying is that what we're trying to teach in the book is that you can improve if you follow this program and understand the paradigm shift that we're making. And there's a lot of professional athletes that are there, not because of what they're doing, but in spite of what they're doing. In other words, if someone's seven foot tall and they're in the NBA, they're terribly uncoordinated and they always hurt because their legs aren't muscular enough. They always have injuries. They're there because they're seven foot tall. They pick the right parents. And, and yes, they have trainers and yes, they have um, strength conditioning coaches and all that. But again, without this paradigm of knowing that everything is based on a foundation of range of motion, they're going to miss out. If a guy's 300 pounds, he's playing NFL football, but he's always injured or he just isn't fast enough or whatever. He's there because he's 300 pounds. But what I'm trying to do is say, look, whatever level you're at, even if you're at the Olympic level or at the uh, professional athlete level, doesn't mean you reach your potential. I want to teach them the potential based on me being a small guy achieving beyond what I say my genetics would have allowed by advanced training methods. But, and, and then the other people, the non-athletes, they think that, well, they're just not, not athletic and they're sitting at a computer all day and their shoulders and the neck are constantly bugging them. They go to the chiropractor, they go to acupuncture, they try all the modalities, but the bottom line is they can't move their neck enough. They can't move their shoulders enough. So they're going to hold tension. 
We're trying to take people through the paradigm shift of understanding there's got to be a standard. When you reach a standard, you're out of pain. And so that's what the book's about. It's called the Joe Hibben Steel Method. It's what we say is a miraculous program, eliminates pain and injury, and helps achieve ultimate human performance. Ah, oh, that made, that actually gave me an adrenaline rush, <laughs> like a real life. I'm so excited about this book. And honestly, I think that a lot of athletes out there discount flexibility and stretching and all of that, because frankly, that's kind of what was going on with me um, when I was training really hard in the bikini division is I had these long, grueling workouts and I was just so tired. And then I'd be like, eh, I don't have time to stretch. And then I learned that it's so important. And I think anybody who really knows, like you just said, you cannot be optimized if you're locked up. When you're the feeling of pain creates that limitation, that hesitation, the it keeps makes you slower. It keeps the muscles from growing the way that people want them to. It's so important and crucial. And I think that the, your method makes it a little bit simpler for people because sometimes this the stretches seem like these crazy acrobatics that somebody needs to do. And it's not necessarily so. It's just a matter of getting the body to work your way into it. And I, it's just, I can't stress it enough how miraculous indeed it has been for me because I thought I'm just basically I thought I was screwed. I was like, I'm never going to get my flexibility back. And Joe's method changed all that for me. Yeah, you did great, Rachel, because w when you when your goals shift from being a dancer and being fluid and being able to do movement to I'm going to be a bodybuilder, I'm going to build muscle, I'm going to go in and tuck the weights. And every time you know a bench press, your shoulders hurt us. Well, it shouldn't feel like that. But if I get stronger, it's going to get better. And same with squats and your low back. And then you got injuries. And then you're off for a month because of an injury. And when you finally realize that I have to maintain certain movements so my shoulder doesn't hurt when I'm bench pressing. Otherwise, all I'm thinking about is how many reps can I do? But man, it really hurts. So once you can free your mind of that because your body's flowing, it's like, I'm stronger now. I can do more reps and my shoulder doesn't hurt. So I can think about going for putting on more weight, doing more reps, and then you're going to grow. Like you said, you're going to grow faster and better because they have all the muscle fibers involved instead of half of them. So great point. Yeah. And I also think that sometimes I have injuries that kind of move around. And I wonder if athletes out there can relate to that. They're like this week, it's my right knee. Next week, it's my left knee. But the key to it is that I, I've learned that it's just it, it's not really necessarily an injury per se. It is where the tension is holding. And I know, OK, that means I'm not I need to implement my program a little bit more, like a little more time in certain areas. And once I release that tension, then it miraculously disappears. And that's the thing is I hear people all the time. I, I spoke to someone at the gym yesterday. She's a more mature athlete and, and she's like, oh, but my knee is no longer what it once was. And I'm just thinking like about what you're saying right now that she just doesn't realize that it's just tension stored that probably can be worked out. Congratulations. You've reached the paradigm shift. You understand it now. Not medical conditions, it's not injuries. We're just teaching people how to train properly. If you train properly, you don't have those pains and, and issues and medical conditions, so to speak. I have well, doctors from all over the world calling saying, you've helped one of my clients avoid surgery and my back's killing me and I don't want to go through surgery. Can you help me? I'm like, yeah, great. That's awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, and also really, if you're training at a high level 
any athlete that's training at a high level, injury is going to happen at some point because you're pushing your body a lot more. And if you're a competitive athlete, you're intensely pushing your body to meet your own standards or other standards. So this stuff is super crucial because some doctors will tell you when you are injured, you just need to stop, but you don't necessarily need to stop. You just have to figure out how to move through it. That's right. And that's what we're teaching. Release tension, medical conditions go away. You're flowing again. You're improving. So awesome. Well, tell everybody how they can find you, Joe, and work with you. I don't even remember how I found you. I think I just Googled your name and then I found you and I was like, oh, so tell us how you can help someone who wants to work with you and move better can find you and work with you. Yeah. Uh, the best place is go to our website. It's called ultimatehumanperformance.com. UHP, ultimatehumanperformance.com. It gives you the background of what we do, how we do it. It gives you the schedule of our seminars and certifications that we do. It, it lists uh, on a lot of clients that we work with, where the professional athletes, so elite military and it, it details some of the different video programs that we have. So a lot of people will start with our videos and start learning the process. If they want a one-on-one session, we schedule it. Otherwise they come to a seminar or go see one of my instructors in different countries. And if they just go to alteredhumorperformance.com or Google my name, Joe Hippensteel, you're going to find uh, the answers that you're looking for. So we're Perfect. There, we're and we will include links in the show notes, of course. And I can definitely tell you if that you don't have to go and seek out Joe in person. I worked with Joe exclusively through Zoom and it was definitely effective and he's wonderful to work with and you will see crazy, amazing results that makes you feel better and move better and live better. Thank you so much, Rachel. You're, you're an awesome interviewer. I'm proud of you for what you've accomplished. You're going to continue to improve. You're going to continue to go to higher levels because you understand how to train properly. And I'm very proud of you for what you're doing and, and what you're accomplishing. So keep up the great work. You don't know. Thank you so much. And thanks for spending time with us today. I'm looking forward to working with you and good luck. Keep going with your career. Thank you, Joe. Have a great day. And thanks again for your time. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Breath Pack podcast. For more information about how to become a part of the Breath Pack or to inquire about one-on-one -on -one breathwork coaching and optimizing your mental game with mental management systems, contact me at breathpack at gmail.com. That's breathpack spelled B-R-E-A-T-H-P-A-K at gmail.com. You can find me on social media at breathpack or at ultrafit lifestyle on Instagram and Facebook. It's my pleasure to support you on optimizing your human experience. So please don't hesitate to reach out to me today. And remember, you can make it through anything if you just breathe.